0: and responsible gaming resources.
1: Michael Kist, Benjamin Solak. It's the Kist and Solak Show, presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kissed and Solak Show. This is episode 73, brought to you by the fine folks at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Ben is furiously looking up the number 70. I already 70-
2: know. <laughs> I already know. Isaac Maler, Suck it.
1: <laughs> so it's the Isaac Sayamalu Show. Uh, I'm Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at Michael NFL. As always, joined by the best doggone co-host in the game, Mr. 8-Year-Streak-Without-A-Bad-Day. He's actually sitting right by me. We get to do this with each other here Friends. in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. Ben. How you doing, brother?
2: I don't have to look it up when it's a guy who's actually on the roster. I'm only looking it up when there's like no dude who's wearing 66 for the Eagles currently. But, dude, I'm doing very well. Oh, man, Mobile is such a fun week. You know, like uh, the, the director of the senior Bowl, Jim Nagy, always says like, you know, for one week, the entire NFL just like descends on this small town in Alabama. And that's really what's happening. Like everybody is here. Uh, so many people you get to talk to. So much you know different opinions on different stuff we just saw John Gruden we talked with him about the Cleo trade you know what I mean it's just like insane stuff that you get to do which is a ton of fun so uh, I'm happy to be here I'm happy to be with you and happy to talk senior bowl
1: I got to slander Tom Cable as he was standing right by us and I hope that he oh, heard wait, us. really? yeah I said or no it was it was Arif Hassan that said very loudly that he thinks that the offensive linemen are going to see a steady decline throughout the week because they're working with Tom Cable and I completely agree with that I don't know if you he heard it or not but I thought it was a funny line but look this is going to be a bit of a quicker show we're going to try to get you caught up on what's happening on day one obviously some weather issues caused day two to be an indoor facility practice where media did not have access we still have some notes about that but one thing that i want to get right on the top is the fact that draft network did a mock draft a live mock draft video Mm -hmm. and everything you can follow that at draft network llc one of the picks and I say picks because Daniel Jones threw him one, was to
2: the guy that you, was it you that mocked him? Joe mocked him, but Joe cleared it with me first because um, (laughs) I was watching him make the picks once he got to 25. I was like, hey, you need any help maybe? No? Okay, cool. Nasir Adderley was the selection. He's a safety out of Delaware. And the immediate response was, oh, it should have been in the trenches, which certainly could have been in the trenches. But the biggest issue for Philadelphia's defense this year was was not pass rush and trench play. It wasn't even corner play, in my opinion. It was the lack of depth at safety really limited the defense once Rodney McLeod went down. Now, Nasir Adderley can play free safety. It's huge. The Eagles do not have a depth safety. Corey Graham, Trey Sullivan, who can play that position. And so they do need to fill that depth role. But also, McLeod's going to be coming back from major surgery and has a very cuttable contract next year. You could even pull it off this year if you really had to generate some space. It wouldn't be great, but you could do it. And so, you know, they're looking at a point where if McLeod seems like he's lost a step back from injury, they're going to need a starter at the position. By next season, and they already need a depth piece this season. So I think safety is potentially an early pick. Again, Trenches would be fine. Adderley can play free safety, but he has corner experience as well. Fantastic athlete. Came in a little bit light, but that's okay. A University of Delaware product, he didn't have great weight room stuff. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, a weight room is a weight room, pounds are pounds, but he didn't go through a big power five sort of weight program. And so you think that you can add more mass onto that frame. It's a little bit spindly. At least I think you can get him nearer to 200 pounds, a little bit over. And so Nasir Adderley, to me, way in he didn't win but practice wise he's been fine he's getting coverage reps he's do, he's holding his own against tight ends and slot receivers he's going to be playing deep if he goes to philadelphia he's around one selection 25 is a good spot for him i like him in that range
1: so one guy that I like, and I don't know if the Eagles met with him, but we're going to get into those guys in a second. But one guy that I want to bring up, and I was speaking with friend of the show, Matt Waldman, before the practice. We've had him on the show a couple of times. He's great. Matt Waldman's RSP is awesome, uh, works for football guys as well. But he had put out there on Twitter before that there was a guy that he had comped to Thurman Thomas, but he didn't say who it was.
2: Can I guess?
1: Yeah. Can I guess? Was it Bruce Anderson? It was Bruce Anderson. Easy money. That's easy money. As soon as he put that tweet out, I watched Bruce Anderson, the running back from North Dakota State, that night, and I said, this has got to be the guy that he is talking about. And a big thing for Bruce Anderson this week was the receiving drills, because he did have a lot of ball production as a receiver in college. But that does not mean that he can't do it, because there are definite flashes of him being able to do it. He's done very well in the individual drills here, showing that off. He's got natural hands. He's explosive out of his burst. He looks comfortable running routes you know that he can do it so it's another situation where was he asked to do it can he do it he just wasn't asked to do it He definitely can do it. So I think he raises his stock. He has a track background. Uh, He has a kick return background. As a freshman, he had 16 kick returns, 585 yards, and two touchdowns. His average is over 36 yards. It would have led the FCS that year if he had qualified with, I think, two or four more kickoff returns, whatever their limit was. So Bruce Anderson is a guy that I love for the Eagles. Could sneak his way into day two somewhere. Who did the Eagles meet with? Tell me it was... Please tell me it was Bruce Anderson.
2: I don't know if they met with Bruce. There's a good chance they did. And the reality is we get to see... 10 to 15 percent of the people they meet with the 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 scouts and the player and the personnel executives are just in the same conference center with the players and they're constantly grabbing guys sitting down with them most of it is is clerical work it's not a huge signal that's the reality they're they're asking guys about their history their background when they were starting their injury stuff and they're just taking notes checking boxes on forms so that they have this data for when they do final evaluations and so i saw i saw eagle scouts talking uh to to david sills the the wide receiver out of west virginia and this is a guy who uh talking with with uh scouts previously in the season. The Eagles have been high on Sills for a while. They're getting to know him here at the Senior Bowl. Jerry Green is this uh like outside linebacker DN hybrid who never found a fit in Mississippi State. They're talking to him. And then the one who I think is interesting is Titus Howard. He's an offensive tackle out of Alabama State. He's a good mover, came in with good size. You know, these small school offensive tackles becoming developmental pieces has really become a thing for the NFL over the last few years. As offensive tackle and offensive line play in general, I think has decreased at the power five level. Right. Then you start just like kind of reaching for these athlete types, these body beautiful types. And you see if you can build them up into something. So Philadelphia, looking at offensive tackles, makes sense. I think Titus Howard is probably earlier than they got prior and, and lotta He'd be a more significant investment in the position.
1: And I actually have an scout quote about Titus oh, Howard sourcing, <laughs> and and the quote is quote fixes f in hands everything else is good so he's got some work to do in that area obviously being a small school. Fortunately,
2: product. the hands are not important when it comes to blocking. Never even <laughs> use them like once or twice a game. It's no problem.
1: But you're right they they are looking at a lot of those types of guys from the smaller schools that are just body beautiful because one of the call ups from the Shrine Week was Oli Udo. Oli Udo. Oli Udo. He's from Elon, trying game call-up. He's got 36-inch arms, so uh, what did he weigh in at, like, 300 and just massive? That's the actual weight that they were support a, him.
2: a healthy young man. Yeah. He's a healthy young man.
1: What other tackles did you see that you think that the Eagles might have their eye on? I know a lot of people like Andre Dillard, Dalton Reisner is here. There's some other guys. I think Chuma from USC, your your, your buddy John Ledger, was saying that he was having a good
2: week. Yeah, well, Ledger took that from me, so he can watch himself. <laughs> now, Chuma was a guy who I watched his 2017 tape out of USC coming into the season i said all right so the dude can move a little bit he's got great he's very nimble he's got quick feet what are we looking at in 2018 and i thought there was inconsistent tape in 2018 there were steps forward there were still uh, mistakes he's got a really long frame that doesn't sit well against a power rush he doesn't have a great anchor he doesn't have mass in the lower half now he came in over 300 pounds and in speaking with the people that he was training with coming into the se- coming into the off-season, that 300-pound benchmark was huge for him because he was not playing over 300 pounds, right? And in the Pac-12, you can really get away with that because mm. they don't pa- pass rush with a lot of power there. A lot of the pass rushers are kind of these smaller outside linebacker types. And so it made sense for how he was playing, but he was able to get over 300, which is big for him. And like I said, a long frame, you usually think you can add some more mass to it, but you wonder what that's going to do to his agility. Now that said, here this week, You've seen him taking on more traditional rushers and framing them really nicely and locating his hands really nicely. That's been what surprised me because you didn't really see that as much on the Pac-12 tape. Now, he's dealing with a lot more five techs who are two-gapping, who are slow rushing him, and it's, so it's a different sort of approach as an offensive tackle. I think he's adapting really well to different styles of rushes, better than I would have anticipated. So, Adoga is a guy that I've like been on, but as more of a project type over the past few months. With this senior bowl performance, he's going to, I think, play himself into a stronger consideration for teams now, you know, checking boxes on him. Like I said, checking boxes on paper, but this is a box on film. Mm. He really looks like he's framing rushers and looking at his hands nicely. A little nasty, too. You know, he, he's willing to put some guys in the dirt, he's willing to hit them. The only other tackle that I would say has interested me so far from a, a potential starting perspective is Dennis Daly out of South Carolina. Now, he's the guy who went up against a slew of rushers in the SEC, obviously. You know, you're going to have your Josh Allens there, you're going to have the Clemson rushers. This is a guy who up and down success in terms of against these top-tier talents, but you see a guy who will frame really nicely and who can exchange power in the trenches. There's been one tackle who I've thought has been able to deal with Montez Sweat for the South team, Mm. these practices, it's Mm. been Dennis Dale. He's been the only one who's been able to hold up.
3: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team.
1: One guy that I want to get your opinion on because there are going to be some polarizing opinions on him and people are going to mislabel him and whatnot, but it's Andy Isabella, the wide receiver out of UMass. I wrote about him for BleedingGreenNation.com as part of my primer piece to get us ready as someone that the the Eagles may target because they have been looking at deep threats. Isabella beat Denzel Ward in a track meet. I think it was a 100 and a 200-meter race. And he has said that he can run as fast as like 4.26, something like that. He's been timed at a one five one ten 1.10-yard split. So this dude has burners. Now, he's tiny. He's a tiny, tiny Mm -hmm. dude with tiny, tiny arms. And he can't hold a whopper with his tiny, tiny hands. But you see the explosion that he has. So he's got the long speed. The short area speed is something to see. There was a rep where I remember just gasping as he came out of his break. It was a quick slant. As soon as he got out of that thing... He separated so quickly; it was yep. it was incredible. So he's extremely quick in the short to intermediate areas. Really crafty at the at the break point. He was really productive too. So small school guy, but also went up against Georgia and put up like massive numbers. It was over. It was like twelve catches, one hundred and sixty something yards, or two hundred twelve yards, something something like that. It was, two there touchdowns. There was a lot
2: of garbage time work there in that game. I'll just put it like that.
1: But. He still did show that he was a deep threat in that game as well. The problem with Isabella and specifically one of the reps that I'm talking about here, that slant where he separated so easily and so quickly, he drops the ball. And I don't know if he's a natural hands catcher or not. What did you see from Isabella that you liked, maybe didn't like?
2: Yeah, no, I agree with the sense that he is inconsistent with his hands. Uh, and then there's also there's been a, a discourse about how long it takes him to get into his route breaks because he tries to he does a lot d- do a lot which I don't hate too much you know what I mean like he's gonna run option route releases he's gonna run stuff that has multi breaks to it because that's gonna play to his strengths. So I don't hate it. Um, and also this is the senior boy you're kind of trying to showcase what you got. And so I don't know I think you stunt a little bit. Yeah. What, what I'll tell you is like, you know, I don't think if a coach told him, hey, just take three steps and snap into the break, he'd be like, no, man, I need to do this at the top. Like, you know, he's going to like, it's, right. th- it's going to be OK. He's going to um, conform to right, what yeah. they need on that. Specific you can play. you can coach, you know, nonsense in a route break out of a guy. You can't teach him how to have great wiggle on like a return route or an arrow route or stuff that has like multiple tough angles to it.
1: And one guy that I remember that people said that about and I kind of agreed with them, especially at the senior bowl was Cooper Cup, did a lot of stuff extra at the senior bowl at it, the top of his route has not been an issue for at the next level
2: yeah so there you go now that being said uh the better version of andy isabella here is penny hart Mm. uh, out of georgia state who is like so hart was a guy who like i saw a little bit of out of of georgia state uh when he before he came to the senior bowl and you're like all right this dude is just a great mover he's super small he'll be a returner that's fine and then he gets the senior bowl invite the last day man (laughs) like we're talking like he was told like three days before the event like yo you're coming emmanuel hall dropped you're gonna be here Heart is so loose. You just talk about an athlete who there's no angle he can't get through. There's no way his hips can't point. He's working through contact. He's dealing with, with with physicality and he's able to keep his feet moving. He's just he's got such nice bend. He's got such nice agility. It's just you you look at him and there's just so many possibilities with the ball in his hands and with him working into space to get the football. Okay. To me, what what Isabella does. Best on film is the quickness to separate, and I think Hart's got him there. What Isabella will do best, testing wise, is long speed, and I think Isabella's got Hart there, and so it's not really like a one to one Hart's the better version. But to me, if you're looking for like that quick, undersized slot, then to me, Penny Hart right now is outplaying Isabella. And you know, I went back and watched some Hart tape last night, I haven't gotten deep in Isabella tape. Hart's tape holds up like you know this is not just you know a practice warrior here he was able to do this i mean he's a 3 time sunbelt conference player mm. two first team It was a freshman all team and he was third team this year when they're basically playing with an option quarterback you know what i mean like he's he's a, a fantastic young player so those are the slot guys that interest me i don't i'm interested to hear what you've thought about interior defensive lineman it's a spot that that is super strong here uh this i would say it's probably the strongest position group we've got here in mobile and obviously the spot philadelphia could address next to fletcher cox some big names who do you like
1: did you see me like looking at the names to to, to see who i wanted to talk about because i was going to no, go interior but defensive we're line. so
2: close physically right now that <laughs> the connection just, is palpable
1: <laughs> one guy that i really like that i saw in shrine week too, dalen mack from texas a&m this guy just has this natural low center of gravity He's built so thickly in his butt and his thighs, and just by his his height, the way he's built, he gets under dudes, and when he gets under dudes, he can at least move them. He might not blow past them, but he's got a good first step to be able to get into the frame of the opposing center guard, wherever you want to put him. But he would be a guy that would just suck up space and attention away from Fletcher Cox. I think he's like 320. But he was moving dudes back, and he was also showed off a good club move. He showed some different moves. He had some pass rush juice a little bit to him. He's not going to be a dynamic pass rusher at the next level. He did have five and a half sacks last year, and I thought his tape from 17 to 18 did show some improvement in that area. I think he's better than his teammate that's here, Kiki Kingsley, and I can get your opinion on that. But Dalen Mack on the interior was
2: one guy that I really liked. Kingsley Kiki, you messed it up again. You always mess it up. It's Kingsley <laughs> Kiki. It's not Kiki Kingsley. Dalen Mack is an ex-five-star recruit who underperformed in college. Mm. And this already like, came out in like a Belichick way. Like, oh, Belichick loves to attack X 5 star recruits. Yeah, everybody does. Like, that's, that's not <laughs> stupid. The five-star recruits are usually like, there's a reason why they are five stars. Yeah. But the point made in the article and the point overall with five stars is all the coach has to do is convince himself that he'll be better at developing that five star than his college coaches were. And he's going to want to get him. You know what I mean? And yeah, Max obviously illustrating a lot of that uh, potential, a lot of that power that made him such a highly touted recruit. Now, frame wise, dude dude can lose some weight. I think dude can get slimmer. I think right now, you know, he's the size where he's trying to hold up against... SEC rushers on the in, or SEC offensive linemen on the interior. He's trying to hold weight. He's trying to two gap. You can make him a little smaller, and he can still play one check at the NFL level. And I think he has bad weight that he can lose, which is something that will in, uh, increases explosiveness, which is something he needs in his game.
1: Yeah, and I still think he's explosive enough. So he does. If he does drop that weight, then yeah, he, he, it's going to be something very nice that I'm starting to look at and be attracted by. What about the edge guys? Because you mentioned Mount, Montez Sweat already. What other guys along the edge have you? I, I see on the first day. I got to see the South practice. They moved it to the other side and I was so locked in on this here Adderley because I love him so much that I missed some of the reps. And the film room was a crap show today because everybody was off and everybody was packed in that doggone Exos film room. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't able to get some of those reps from the North team in the first day. What did you see from either the North team or from the South team? Just did you see someone that you liked along the edge?
2: Right. So obviously Montez Sweat is the guy that people love to talk about here. And, and Sweat is a perfect example to me of a player that's getting counted twice in terms of, like, coming into the the into coming into Mobile. We said, okay, Montez Sweat wins with length. He wins with power. He's got good hand placement. He's a big dude, strong dude. He's got the ideal frame. And then he came here. He was a big dude, strong dude, had the ideal frame. He went with length, <laughs> power, and hand placement. Everybody's losing their minds. This is what he was supposed to do, right? Yeah. It's important that you don't count things twice when it comes to players. You, you, you have their film. You have the expectation for them. Montez Sweat killed the weigh-in. But when you watched him on film, you expected him to kill the way in So you can't boost him up your board for doing something that when you had ranked him on your board, you expected him to do. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Unless you're like, you know, just trying to stay completely agnostic of that, which doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, then go ahead for it. The only other defensive lineman that's rushing off the edge that has really interested me thus far has been Jonathan Ledbetter, who's a guy who was an interior player for Georgia. He's slimmed down. He's around 270 now. Uh, I don't know exactly how he fits. He's probably more of a guy you want playing at a three-tech, five-tech, and a three-four front in an odd front, which Philadelphia never does. Uh, And so I don't know if he's a good fit for the Eagles, but he's won some rushes around the edge. Only other guy that I can think of who's been particularly strong. uh, North team-wise, going through that film, Zach Allen had some good rushes. Anthony Nelson had some good rushes. Again, these are bigger guys that aren't going to be typically lighting up at the wide nine. And yeah. so I, I don't see much there for Philadelphia. I'm sure they would love to see like O'Shane Zeminis from Old Dominion, who's like uh, their size, their speed, become a, a dude. But he's just not having a good week. He's not. He, yeah. he's, he's a little bit out of his depth.
1: Last question for you that I want to get your opinion on this guy. I was watching this film the other day against Daniel Jones, who has been pretty, pretty bad this week and you kind of expected that so I'm not going to check that box twice I'm just going to call him Cute. not a first round quarterback but Juan Thornhill the safety out of Virginia I really liked his tape yep what did you think of Thornhill in his week so far I thought I thought he's been solid
2: Thornhill like that's the thing like you talk about Thornhill Thornhill has been as bad as every other safety in every other corner is here you know what I mean like this is where this is the guy who like when you're in a defensive back position playing one-on-one in terms of Isolated in space, you have no safety help, you have no underneath coverage, nothing like that. You're gonna lose reps out of these lost reps. Amani Artawari, who's the potential first round corner, has lost reps. It happens. So Thornhill's lost some reps overall. Say that again. Awari? Or Warrior. Or Amani Artawari. Amani O. Got it. Um, okay. <laughs> you're gonna lose some reps. <laughs> Thornhill's been a guy who clearly I think is a step quicker especially for his length, than a lot of the other players that you're seeing here. There's a lot of small school defensive backs who are around. And you can see that his length, in my opinion, stands out a little bit. Like, you put him up against a Darnell Savage, even a Rocky Sin, who came in undersized. Mm. which was a big problem for him. Thornhill clearly has a a different physical profile there. Another ex-five-star player, another guy who in Virginia was never, like, super productive. Obviously, Cavalier's kind of been stuck in, in neutral for the past two years. So I've, I liked Thornhill's film a lot. He hasn't done anything for me that's like super stood out this week. Really no defensive back has done anything where I've been like, yippee-ki-yay. Well, it's not set up for them to have yeah. success. Yeah. So it, to me, you're looking at uh, – you're relying on the film for this guy. He was uh, getting spoken to with the Arizona Cardinals, with some other scouts about he had a reckless driving incident uh, in the beginning of last year that got squared away. And he was potentially going to be suspended or whatever that I didn't know about. So teams are doing their homework on him for sure. Mm. And Thornhill's – the Cardinals are a team who obviously needs a safety. They're going to be drafted in early round two. You know, we'll see what happens. Okay. I want your opinion on one last guy, and then we go. Which I'm assuming you haven't seen his film. Terrell Hanks, that linebacker out of New Mexico State. Hanks is a guy
1: that I circled because when I was watching Bruce Anderson. Oh yeah. Did you see him lay out Bruce Anderson when he was trying? to Oh, release? on day one. Yeah. On day one. Yeah. Yeah.
2: If you had, uh, if you watched the Draft Network LLC uh, <laughs> uh, live show after day one, you would have heard that our offensive winner uh, for the week for the day was Bruce Anderson, and our defensive winner was Terrell Hanks when I, they met in the hole.
1: <laughs> I, I I stuck on him after that and and really zoned in. You know, got in on his reps. I have not seen his film. But he is a guy that I put like three circles around because he looked really good in coverage. He looked really smooth. And I like what he brings to the table as a coverage linebacker in, in, in that regard. So I'm hoping that the film matches. We'll see if it's just like a really good practice or if right. it's something that holds up when you go and check
2: There's him. some of that in film. To I me, mean, there's some process and concerns for sure. Like it was a pretty simple film. But man, I'm going to tell you something right now when Terrell Hanks walked out to the stage. Yeah, <laughs> You jacked. You could like – like so. Oh, that's
1: – you know what? Actually, I circled him then. I circled him twice. I didn't even listen, realize it. listen,
2: <laughs> listen. So there's, a, there's a, a buzz phrase that scouts use when a guy's really jacked where he goes, like, his skin is tight. Right? <laughs> and the point where, like, like he's so jacked, it's straining his epidermis. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Terrible Hanks looked like you could cut yourself on his abs. Dude, I have never. Like, that was. He was so shredded. Yeah. Like, there's built and then there's shredded. Like, he was 240 and he looked lean. He was ridiculously built. Oh, my goodness. A healthy healthy young man do you have the official measurements i do and i'll show you that the uh the uh, tarot the... hanks came in at six two flat 234 with 33 and five eighth inch arms he's the
1: only one that i had an asterisk next to because i was like he won the weigh-in
2: well yeah because when you look like the predator on stage dude is an animal but anyway if you're like to me he's a sam type yeah. And Philadelphia can use him if Hicks is gone. Mm. Like, I think you can have Hanks and Brown playing next to each other, and it makes sense in terms yeah. of how Philadelphia uses their linebackers.
1: So, a lot of moving parts, a lot of things that we're going to be talking about through the, throughout the week. We've got practice number three coming up today after this is released. We'll be there. We'll be breaking it all down for you here at Bleeding Green Nation. Ben, would you say goodbye to the gentle listeners?
2: Thank you, as always, for listening to the Kiston Solak like show here on BGN Radio. We had a. Uh, Uh, a good time doing the podcast together last year we were doing podcasts together and mike lost his voice because he partied (laughs) so hard that i was doing it with other people and pretending that they were mike and so this year it's nice (laughs) that mike decided to retain his voice for the podcast oh yeah but this is live from mobile thank you so much for listening as always uh we're going to be back again i'm assuming after all the senior practices are done and we actually you know have a practice to talk about uh to give you some more notes on what players actually look like on the field and we'll obviously talk about some of the results of the game as well as we continue to transition into the offseason we'll talk about more draft prospects eagles could target including the underclassmen get you prepared for the combine what matters there and talk some free agents talk some contracts as well uh please go ahead and leave a rating review and subscription if you enjoyed the show which usually you guys do which is super cool so go ahead please leave that rating review and subscription i've been benjamin Solak on twitter at benjamin Solak. like that's Ks, and michael kist on twitter at michael kist nfl we're gonna catch you guys later this week we all we got Who? we all we need yes we are fly eagles fly